What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we usually talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. But today is an early bet segment where we are talking to Raul Rana, who's the author of Making Moonshots. Today, we're going to be diving into you know what Raul's interested in, what he's working on, and a little bit about his book. So, Raul, welcome to the show. How's it going? Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's going great. How about you? It's going really well. I, you know, found a new Zoom background yesterday, which is the Northern <laughs> Lights. And I'm honestly, I'm thoroughly enjoying this being my background and not, you know, my bedroom, which is great. And I'm stoked to be talking uh, to you. So I think my first question, I'll leave it pretty open-ended. And it's just, you know, what are you working on? And introduce yourself a little bit to the, to the audience. Yeah, of course. So I guess um, what I'm working on currently is that the book that you mentioned, I'm going to be releasing it actually in one week. So it's going to be launching, you know, be live on Amazon, Barnes & wherever it is um, in one week. So I've been working on that, doing the, doing like marketing sales, all that stuff, you know, trying to get the, get a solid book launch. Um, and besides that, I'm also interning for Lux Capital, which is really, really cool. Um, I actually got that opportunity through the book. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, also just like, you know, finishing up my, my semester at, at, at uh, I'm at Rutgers currently. So just um, doing like finals and things like that. So um, I guess, I don't know, I guess like a little bit about me. So um, really, like I, I always start my journey back when I was a kid. So my dad, he works at Bell Labs, right? My entire life, he wor- worked at Bell Labs, right? Every tech person knows, you know, Bell Labs, all the, all the breakthroughs and whatever that came out of there. So early on, right, I just had this, this, um, you know, experience and sort of, I, I just fell in love with all things, you know, deep tech research, things like that, right? So, you know, building the future and whatnot. And um, basically that, that, that just like stuck with, uh, stuck with me ever since. And funny back in high school I sort of fell in with like the finance crowd right and 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 at Rutgers currently like I'm a finance major and everything so you know I just wanted to like, combine the two right I love deep tech love research all that stuff and 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 you know want to you know apply like you know VC and, and sort of finance um you know sort of those skills to it and that's why that's how I came to deep tech VC um you know my freshman year of college like I'm a sophomore currently so my freshman year I just wanted to do something bold and the, the book was a product of that like I had all this energy like I wanted to learn more about the space so I just realized like all right like the best way to learn something is just to do it. So I use this book as a way to learn to, you know, build a network in it, gain some sort of reputation and sort of, you know, have this end product that was like, you know, I was held accountable to an audience and things like that. So helped a lot and the journey has been awesome. So, so yeah. So kind of walk me through, so this book, Making Moonshots, those are two things that I love. I love making and I love moonshots. So, <laughs> so, so this is great. Tell me a little bit about the book. If someone was to, you know, get it or, or purchase it, we'll talk about how they can do that, you know, later in the episode. But what is someone going to expect in this book? You know, what'd you write about? Yeah, of course. So it's all about moonshot companies, right? Moonshot companies are defined by sort of three, like a three part spectrum. It's, you know, having this really advanced science or technology, right? Deep tech, 
it's having a sort of like a radically creative sort of disruptive solution and solving a really big problem world, right? So in simple terms, like really impactful deep tech, um, you know, I'm all about, you know, ma ma putting some good in the world and then, you know, building the future and all that good stuff. And, and sort of like, I really became obsessed with, you know, all things like, um, you know, ecosystems and golden ages and, you know, innovation systems, all, all that, all that good stuff. And, and, and sort of just like, this book is a really like a toolkit on how, you know, any person can sort of, you know, make that moonshot that they have inside them, right? The, the vision that they want to see in the future and sort of, you know, make this deep tech startup and things like that. And I sort of go into like all the non-obvious aspects of it, right? My one-liner, right, is, um, you know, making moonshots is a deep dive into the philosophies, mindsets, and strategies that are really conducive to building moonshot companies, right? So I specifically did not want it to be some you know, sort of like management book, right? You know, it's like boring business books, like, I, I really did not want to do that. Like I want to, you know, talk about deep tech at different sort of perspectives, different angles. So, you know, I, I spoke about the the mindset, right? Of, you know, people, you know, moonshot founders and, and people who are making all these really, really cool companies and things like that. And um, then I go into like the philosophies of them, right? Um, then, you know, like sort of like mental models, you know, different, different like, you know, theories and philosophies and whatever that, that really like empower them. And then, you know, sort of go into like the strategies, right? Non-obvious strategies, like, you know, how to get to like a moonshot idea. I talk about, basically, I, I, I say, like, I talk about everything before actually starting the startup, because I'm no expert in how to start a startup. Like, there's so many resources out there on the internet and so forth. Like, I'm not going to write about that. But everything before that, like, that that's one thing that I, I am really passionate about. So, I um, mean, yeah, just like, getting started on the whole process. And then also talk about, like, the ecosystem, right? Sort of how, how we have to sort of improve, right? Like, VC, startups, government, education, um, you know, academia and whatnot, and, and research and stuff like that. And, you know sort of the interactions and again the ecosystem of deep tech so so yeah it's just like you know a fun little deep dive into all things deep tech and how to get started on it and one could argue that the way that you're publishing this is a moonshot in itself what i mean by that is like <laughs> you're, you're writing a book like i've been a writer uh for about a decade now and like i don't even know how to how to like i don't even know where i would start if i wanted to to publish or write a book so i'm kind of <laughs> curious about that how yeah. have you navigated the world of book publishing and how are like are you self-publishing did you like uh, tell me about like how, how are you figuring all that stuff out yeah of course of course so <clears throat> it's kind of funny so again so back to my freshman year of college um again i'm a sophomore so back in the beginning of freshman year um again i had all this energy around deep tech vc and stuff like i'm like i'm at records right it's a non-target school i really want to do something bold right and i don't know what it was serendipity luck or whatever but i just came across this this opportunity um i met this one mentor he's a georgetown professor and he, he like, um, you know, he, he, uh, he always, he like coaches a lot of people to, you know, on writing books and things like that. And I just had a conversation with him one day and he was just, yeah, like he loved to, you know, um, like I, I really wanted to be mentored by him. Like he, um, he has a little like group of people that he always helped. So again, it was just like so random, like <clears throat> right when I, you know, realized like, all right, like I have all this energy, I want to do something with it. Like I came across this, uh, my mentor and it was just like, like perfect timing to be honest. And like, he brought me on, on the entire process, right. Just like, you know, coaching me from, you know, literally like you know writing the hooks and like writing like the actual sort of words to you know doing like pre-sale marketing and so forth and just like helped me on everything and y'all set me up with the publisher and stuff so it's really really awesome like just the power of mentors is just insane like again like i always tell everyone it's kind of funny like the only writing experience i ever had was ap ap lang and ap lit in high school right like I, i'm not a writer by no means but again like it's just like one of those things where like i found like this like awesome mentor he gave me this awesome opportunity and like I ran with it, right? Like I took full advantage of it. And again, I, like I said before, like I use it as a way to learn more about the industry that I'm really obsessed with. And, you know, to meet people, you know, have an excuse to, you know, talk to experts and things like that and sort of build a network and, you know, build like a personal brand almost. So 
yeah, like that, like it was all because of that one mentor that I really got started on the on the publishing process and so forth. Um, and, and and yeah, ever since then, like he's been helping me, obviously, well, now, now I'm with the publisher, like he sort of helped me in the beginning, but now the publisher has been, my, my publisher, I'm publishing with the New Degree Press and they've been awesome. They've been really, really helpful and it's really exciting. Like I'm a first time author, so, so I'm still like new to the space, but nonetheless, it's been awesome. And you mentioned earlier in the show that while writing this book, you got in touch with with a, a firm called Lux Capital. Um, yeah. Can you kind of describe what is Lux for people that may not be in the ecosystem and it, mm-hmm. how, how are you involved with them and, and how did that ultimately happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a fun, a fun story. So so first of all, Lux Capital is a 2.5 billion AUM deep tech VC firm, VC firm in, in uh, New York and California. And it's, 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 it's all like sci-fi sounding, like the coolest companies ever, right? Absolute moonshots. They invest in, you know, moonshots and so forth. Like coolest company ever. Like I absolutely love it. And it was one of like, one of the few firms that really inspired me to, you know, pursue deep tech VC, right? Like I found them early on, like, like them and, and, and sort of like, you know, Google X and all these, you know, random, um, you know, deep tech startups. I just became like super, super obsessed with, right? Again, like sci-fi sounding, just like, you know, outermost edges of science and tech is super, super cool. It's like, it, it makes me feel like, you know, I'm watching a Marvel movie or something. I don't know. It's like awesome. So like, um, so it's one of the firms that really inspired me early on. And I was writing the book because I was, you know, really, really just like infatuated with like all things like deep tech and stuff. And I interviewed um, Josh Wolf. He's a managing partner and co-founder of Lux. He was like one of the first few um, sort of major people that I interviewed. And I honestly just kept in contact with him, right? I, I gave him updates every, every couple of months. I interviewed him back in um, May. So actually funny story. So emailed him back in March of, of this year, right, 2020, emailed him back in March. It took me like six or seven uh, follow-ups emails to actually get a call out with him in May. So it took like, a, like three, three months or so to get that, get that first call, but it was, it was worth it. Um, you know, every, kept in contact with him ever since that talk in May. Um, like every like, every like uh, two months or so, one and a half, two months. And then back in September, I was just like, hey, like Josh, like I could hustle. Like I, I learned all, you know, I'm learning about all things deep tech. Like I can hustle, like, can I work for you? And, 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 you know, help you sort of identify moonshot companies and things like that. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was like really cool. Just like, um, you know, he saw my whole, my whole progression of like, you know, how much I learned and things like that and I could hustle and stuff. So yeah, he just, he decided to hire me on, on the spot. Like, you know, no resume, no interview, no application. He was just like, I sent him a chapter of my book. That was, I guess, my quote unquote resume. And he, I guess he liked it enough to hire me. So, so yeah. So I want to highlight something that I think is, over overlooked by a lot of people trying to make it happen, which is, you know, pretty much everyone listening to this, you didn't reach out to him and he was like, Oh, great. Like work for me. Right. You, you, you kind of plotted dots and, and yeah, yeah. pretty much kept trying to get in touch with him. Can you kind of walk me through your mindset after maybe the first time you reached out, you may, he maybe didn't respond. Like, why did you keep hitting him up? And uh, um, just walk me through your psyche in that process from maybe the March when you first reached out to, <laughs> The August when you started working with him, how did that yeah. relationship develop? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, I, so first of all, this process, right? Like I'm a college kid, right? I was, I'm talking to like, you know, CEOs of, 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 you know, and co-founders of companies and, and, and VC firms and whatnot. So it was like really weird. Like first, like, you know, that first outreach email for like everyone I tried to interview is like, they, they, I don't know if they, how seriously they took me, but nonetheless, like of the few people who did actually take me seriously, like, um, it definitely took like a, like a really, really, like, really like my, my sort of my, my cold email strategy. Like I really had to perfect that to, to sort of get them to like, you know, take me seriously and whatnot. And, and it was interesting. Like 
again, like, I'm just like one of those people, like, I, I don't give up easily, right? Like, I will send, again, I sent like about seven, six, seven cold emails to him. And like, for a lot of other people, like, I sent even more. And, and it's just like, I, first of all, like, when it comes to cold emailing, you just got to stay persistent, right? They're busy people. Like, they'll tell you if they're annoying, if, if you're annoying them. But if, if they don't say that, like, by all means, like, again, they're busy, just like, you know, they're doing their job. Like, you got to understand that. So, I like I guess like what what made my cold emails sort of um, work in the end. I, I I sort of had like a in the beginning I had like a really bad success rate. Like towards the when I, when I started like getting a lot of interviews, like I would say like I had like a seventy sort of eighty percent success rate, and it was all because of the cold emails. And like I made them super super personalized, right? Like I would take you know listen to all the you know maybe like podcast interviews of the people I want to I want to talk to, right? Their their blog posts, right? Things that they put out, things like that, and I just made it super super personalized to everyone. Um, you know, I, I throw in their lingo, you know what I mean? Like every VC, right? Every founder has their, you know, their, their, their lines that they love to, to love to hear, like the topics that they love to talk about. So I just like, you know, integrate them into the email, things like that. Just make it super personalized, you know, super succinct. You know, it was what, three, maybe four lines of uh, like, like not even like, like maybe like three, four lines of an email and, um, you know, super, super short, but super hyper and, you know, hyper personalized and like, and yeah, and it worked. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I guess like in terms of like developing the relationship, like, yeah, like, um, I, I gave, um, gave him updates like every, every couple of months or so, you know, what I'm learning, the progress of my book, my, you know, my personal, you know, personal progress, right. Career progress and, and, and so forth. And, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta prove to them, uh, you know, I, I guess in terms of like students or, or sort of younger people trying to, uh, talk to, you know, more, um, older professionals and whatnot, like, you just got to prove to them that, you know, you're ready to work, you're ready to hustle and like you can, and you know, you, you know what you're talking about at the end of the day. So hence why I sent him my, my chapter, which I guess I validated it, right? Like if he, if he thinks it's solid, like I think like the book, at least that chapter was solid. So that was pretty cool, but, but yeah. <laughs> and going back to the book, who do you, um, who, who's kind of your idea, your ideal audience or your ideal reader? I mean, if there were some yeah. personas of people that you really, really are writing this for, um, who, who are you writing that for? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's for the people who really, you know, they want to see some big change world. They have the energy, but they don't know where to put it. Right. I, I, I find that a lot of people and, and sort of Gen Z and everyone, like everyone wants to do some good in the world, right. They all have the energy. It's just like, we don't know how to get started. Right. So it, it, it's sort of the people who, again, they want to make moonshots, right. They want to see some, you know, make some positive impact in the world. And, and again, like maybe you don't have the resources, right. Maybe they don't come from the right background. Uh, maybe they just don't know, you know, how to get started and so forth. And, you know, also, it's about, you know, all deep tech audiences, right? People in academia, people in, you know, startups and, and government or whatever it is, right? Again, at the end of the day, like, everyone's just trying to, you know, sort of put us back on track in terms of, you know, scientific and technological progress. And and I, I hope, you know, this is just like one of those one of those resources that can help people do so. So, so yeah. Absolutely. So, a couple more questions kind of about, like, 2020 and um, just, like, what happened and yeah. not so much COVID, but like what, what now, what has happened because of COVID? You're, you're someone that like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you said you're cold emailing these people, right? You're not like knocking on their doors. You're, we interacted <laughs> on Twitter. Like we've never met in person before. It's just Twitter. What, yeah. what are you kind of as, you know, as a, as a college student, as a, you know, a young person in tech, um, how have you kind of looked at 2020 and how, and when, when everything happened, why did you decide to start, you know, instead of, I don't know, instead of not doing what you're doing, you're just hustling your face off and, and using the internet to the <laughs> widest capabilities. Yeah. Is that, was that an obvious decision for you? Did you have a breakthrough that you realized that this was kind of a, you know, opportunity of a lifetime in 2020? Like, how do you think about this as a kind of a, a young, young person in tech? Yeah, of course. Wow. So 
it's funny. Like I started writing this book in January, right? When, you know, life was normal. And, and I hadn't, I, again, I, I didn't really know like, you know, what the virus was going to come, but nonetheless, like when it hit, and, and it's kind of funny, had the virus not come, and I, obviously I'm not saying it's a good thing, but nonetheless, like I, like I made the most of it, right? it a silver lining or whatever, but like had the virus not hit, I don't think my book would have been as good as it is, or it, it would have been, I wouldn't have met the, you know, the right people. Like I wouldn't have sort of built that Twitter audience. Like I, nothing would have happened. Cause like, um, it was, it was so hard to write when I was in school and, and you know, when I was in college, but again, once, once it hit in March, you know, everyone went home, I went home, I had all the time in the world. It's just like, I, I just like gave up on school. Like I, it was just like, school is not working for me. Like I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just doing it for like my parents and whatnot, just to get the degree. Um, but I don't really care about school that much. And, and it was just like, I wanted to, you know, again, I had that energy. Like I wanted to do something, you know, bold, like something like um, big and like, you know, around like March and sort of April, that's when I realized like, all right, like the way to like progress and, you know, all things VC and tech and, and things like that is just like, you know, create content, right. Sort of build an audience and, 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 you know, build a community and things like that, and, or, you know, join communities and so forth. And, Twitter has been so, so integral to that. Like Twitter's amazing. Like I hate LinkedIn. Like Twitter's just the way to go for all things. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, personal, you know, your personal social life or your, you know, your professional, like, you know, career and, 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 and you know, do, doing things for like your, your career and whatnot. Like Twitter's just the way to go. So like, again, like, yeah, like once like COVID hit and I realized like, all right, like where are like all the, like the, the smart people sort of like the professional, like, you know, the hustlers, right? Where are they going? Like I realized, all right, it's Twitter. And sort of you know jumping on like discord and things like that like you know again gen z mafia and whatnot like everyone's just making all these communities that's like the way to go and it was sort of like i was at home like i didn't know what to do and and again i, I wanted to do something big right like i want to break into vc like again like you know coming from Rutgers, like that's that's really like, unheard of right like no one no one really does that so i just found like the internet to be like the right sort of you know community of like all right like people have the same goals as me like they want to again they want to build the future i right? do some good in the world and also, you know, just like get started on it as early as possible, like, you know, doing things that, you know, people wouldn't expect you to do and so forth, you know, all, the, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess like that breakthrough sort of came around like, you know, March, April, May, when I realized like, like everyone was getting on Twitter, like sort of, you know, building in public and so forth. And, you know, like, especially, you know, a lot of, a lot of students and, you know, all the people that I aspire to be here and so forth. So, so yeah. <laughs> so I have a, um, a question that, I don't need to know myself because I know the answer, but a lot of people listening don't know. I want to, I want them to hear it from you. I harp, you know, on people getting on Twitter all the time. I, w- I wish yeah. everyone that listens <laughs> to this podcast just gets on Twitter if they're not yeah. already, but they're all be sick of hearing it from me. My question for you is what is it about Twitter versus LinkedIn that, that attracted you and why, you yeah. know, they, they've heard it from me enough times for you. What's your, <laughs> what's your pitch for Twitter on why li- people should get on uh, um, and why it's like the best place for you to be in tech, regardless of where you live ge- geographically. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, and I, I do have a, I don't know if this is like a, like a known thing or it's like my, my own theory or whatever, but like, I just find like, like, because like, all right, like Twitter is like, it's inherently casual, right? LinkedIn's inherently professional, right? Twitter's inherently casual. And I just like think that like, um, you know, when people are, are on Twitter, like they're more sort of vulnerable, they're more honest, right? They're more sort of, um, you know, open to talking to people as opposed to LinkedIn, right? Everything is so transactional, right? Because again, like the culture of LinkedIn, is just, it's professional, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be professional. You gotta, you gotta, you know, uh, be like, you know, poised and everything like, you know, just like, you know, write with like, you know, write grammar and, you know, be fancy, whatever it may be, right? Twitter, again, it's just, you could say whatever you want you could be casual and so forth. I, I just think like, that's like, you know, when you're, especially when you're, you know, maybe like not, not like when you're an outsider, right. Trying to talk to people, you know, in the in group or whatever, like, again, like Twitter is just, you know, it's a casual place, right. For, you know, casual discourse and what obviously like, you know, quote unquote casual, then not, 
it's not always you know, it's not always like calm or whatever but like nonetheless like it's it's just like because like in, it inherently is just like made for you know your standard sort of social life right your your standard sort of social sort of online persona and whatever i just think it's more conducive to to you know some solid conversations right or or you know meeting other people and so forth so i don't know that's 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 just like my theory i don't know if it's like a known thing but but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. I feel like I do. I, I the listeners either are, I've already gotten on Twitter or they are sick <laughs> of me doing this because I definitely like pinhole pinhole some of my guests being like, "Why do you like Twitter?" Just to drill it into the people's head. Because <laughs> seriously, I, I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, and like I've done everything on the internet, and it's just like yeah. Twitter is kind of where it happens. It's just where it goes down, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's about to go down, um, you know, with your with your book launch, with your book release. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, for making moonshots, how can people? I'll probably we'll probably publish this once it's out there. So let's assume that it's out. How, how can yeah. people find it? Where can they find it? Where can they find it online? How, how can they support you? You know, where can they find the book? Yeah, of course. So it's all right. It's going to be on you know, your typical sort of book places, right? Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, like good reason, whatever it may be, right? Like your standard sort of um, distributors, and 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 it's also going to be in bookstores as well. So that's really cool. Um, obviously, bookstores aren't as popular now, but nonetheless, um, they're going to be in there. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be in all places. And like, yeah, like I, I guess like in terms of like I, you know, starting a, a blog and everything. Um, it uh, you know, s- sort of trying to build like a Twitter audience and so forth. You know, putting all my content on there. Um, you know, Arana zero three underscore on Twitter, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, like like and yeah, that that's where I'm going to be posting everything. Um. I'm like I'm really trying to use Twitter. Like, I don't know, maybe build like a community. I'm not sure. Like, maybe like, uh, like a Discord server. I'm, I don't know, but I have some ideas. But nonetheless, like yeah, like everything's gonna be going down on Twitter, as you mentioned. Like I, I put everything there, um, and yeah, yeah, your typical sort of book places where you can find it. That is that's so cool that it's gonna that it's gonna be like in Barnes and Noble. I shop there. I probably should shop more on Amazon. But once it's out, <laughs> I'm literally gonna go. I'm gonna, like take a selfie with it in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> that, that, that that's cool stuff. Like honestly, like thank you. I think that's cool. Um, and, and, and I think for the, for, for my last, I guess two questions and we'll call it a day. Um, this is, I'm absolutely stealing from Tim Ferriss for this question. I think it's such a great question. Um, question is, you know, if you had a, a town or a city or whatever, and you had a blank billboard um, that you just wanted anyone, everyone listening, anyone, your audience to kind of read every time they go to work, what would you put on that billboard? Or I guess in other words, what's a message that you want to kind of more people to like think about as a closing thoughts for the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I say it a lot in my book, but it's just like, you know, let's go make some moonshots, right? Like, let's go, you know, do those big things, right? The hard things that, you know, seemingly impossible things that, you know, people, people shy away from, right? Again, like we used to be so, so innovative, right? so like, you know, inventive, right? in the last in the last century right you know apollo missions you know manhattan project you know the human genome project like, you know what panama canal whatever it is right like we used to be like we used to have that edge right and i just feel like it's it's, it's going away and i i really want to sort of reignite that that that, that sort of um, ingenuity that we once had and so you know again do the hard things right the things that are you know of cosmic magnitude right of you know going to the you know metaphorical for going to the moon and whatnot right like these like you know, again like the you know the bold things right? the audacious things and so forth and that, that's what a moonshot is to me right and i just want you know to inspire more people to make them so, so yeah and for the last question if someone wants to find you online um find your book you know just find you pretty much anywhere how can they get in touch like what's your twitter how can they find your book do you have a blog website how, how can they get in touch to close it out yeah yeah of course so yeah on twitter like i said before rana 3 underscore 
Um, everything is on, I do everything on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> LinkedIn, you can, you know, search my name and you'll see, you know, making moonshots or in Alex Capital, whatever. Um, sorry, yeah, yeah, LinkedIn. Um, where else? Um, I'm starting a blog. The blog link is in my Twitter bio. Um, URL is going to change. That's why I'm not going to say it because it might change, <laughs> but it isn't in my Twitter bio. It's always there. Um, and yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's usually like, uh, oh, also, um, I'm on a lot of a lot of sort of communities. So if you ever, see, you know, Gen Z Mafia, right? Accelerated, you know, ladder, like, you know, all the, all these sort of communities, online communities, like I'm on all of them. So if any students or whoever are, are you know, listening to this, I'm going to be on those as well. So, so yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast and best of luck with the book launch and best of luck with everything you're doing. It's really exciting. Thanks Thank for you. Coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders coming at you live from the radio station in Forward Thinking City. What is Forward Thinking City? Forward Thinking City is the number one place for people to break into tech and startups from anywhere in the world. Um, As part of Forward Thinking City, we have AMAs with some of the top founders and investors in the game. In addition, we have educational content on how to fundraise from top investors, how to build products in days, if not, you know, hours using no-code tools like Webflow and Adalo. We also have plenty of opportunities for you to meet other residents, for you to exchange ideas, for you to potentially hire residents, for you to potentially, you know, invest in residents or get investment, things like that. This all goes down in Forward Thinking City. If you are interested in joining the city as a resident, go to forwardthinking.city and become a resident for $20 a month. Or if you're just interested to see what's going on in the city, feel free to come to an AMA for free. Just go to forwardthinking.city and RSVP to one of the free events. But if you want full access, to all the networking events, to all the educational resources, and all the events we have to offer. Become a resident for $20 a month, and you will be able to experience all the city has to offer. All right, I'll see you on the other side. See you there.